And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to A Pawn for the Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of A Pawn for the Review, brought to you by the good folks at Coors Light. And real quick, you might be wondering, Eddie, where were you? No episode of the show last week. Jason Fitz, big shout out to Fitz, handled all the post-game duties. You were nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard. Where were you? Is life good? Well, yes. Short answer, life is good. I had to unfortunately get in the ring once again, go toe-to-toe with our old nemesis, COVID. Ah, wouldn't recommend it. Thankfully, on a serious note, uh, very minor case, the whole deal. But as we still live in the world of, of doing everything safe and in the, the health and safety protocol and making sure everything is on the up and up, I was obviously out for a few days last week defeating the beast, but I am back. Also, before we keep rolling, big thank you to a lot of people for keeping the ship afloat while I was out. Uh, in particular, our guy Jason Fitz, who did a fantastic job in, we can say it, uh, not ideal post-game circumstances, having to talk about the silver and blacks. Oh, tough day at the office against the Chicago Bears, excuse me, Chicago Bears. But a big thank you to Fix, uh, Fitz for stepping in at the last moment and dominating per usual. Also, big thank you to my guys, Fanny and Isaiah, for making sure that all of our pod content was rocking and rolling during my, my brief absence. And really, uh, a big thank you to our entire Silver and Black Productions crew here for, uh, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. We are a nimble crew. We are a crew that uh, that has to do a lot of things, even when we were at full capacity. But with me being out, uh, a lot of people stepped up. A lot of people just helped out and made sure that you guys were getting the Raiders silver and black coverage that you oh so deserve. Uh, and like I said, man, a big thank you to so many people for uh, for making sure that we were doing what we needed to do. And lastly, before we begin to pay the bills, because look, show don't stop. I mean, yes, I know it was on hiatus for a week. But we still got bills to pay. We got sponsors to get in here. Uh, but last but not least, huge shout out to the boss. Huge shout out to my my wife, man, for having to having to not only make sure that I was rocking and rolling and I was good. And as I said, thankfully, pretty mild case of the old Rona. But really, for dominating, caring for a six month old by herself for four or five days, right? Uh, you know, I, our priority was making sure the little fellow was was on the up and up, and he was good, and thankfully he was. Knock on wood. But yeah, I mean, she had to do uh, she had to do all the heavy lifting on top of just living her normal life and work and all that stuff. So big shout out to her for just domination. But we are back. We are healthy. We are fired up. We are ready for prime time, my friends. Yes, we are. Raiders heading to Detroit in just a few days' time to take on the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. Life is good. Energy is up. Uh, and with a win on Monday night, if the Raiders were able to do it somehow, some way, back to 500. Not going to get ahead of ourselves just yet. 
We have been uh, we have seen this movie before. We are not going to get ahead of ourselves, but a fantastic opportunity on a serious note for the Silver and Black to uh, to do what they need to do and to get to halfway point, get to the halfway point. I should say at 500 would be a huge lift for everyone in that locker room, would be a huge lift for this organization, and it would just be awesome to be talking about a Raiders victory in prime time. But we are coming back. <clears throat> excuse me. We are coming back with a good show, a powerful show, coming back hot out of the gates, going double guests for you guys this week. So I'll get out of your way in just a few minutes. We're going back to back. We're going one, hitting leadoff. Our guy, AJ Cole, friend of the program. So good to talk to AJ. And AJ and I clear the air. We clear the air. As a diehard OG friend of the program, he has not been in the studio in a minute, and I take ownership of that. You will hear that conversation. We talk about uh, all of our shenanigans. But on a serious note, man, uh, dude is having an incredible career. Uh, Excuse me, he is having an incredible career, an incredible season, though. Having a career season after, I mean, you know, a dominant, really, 2022. So we talk all things special teams. We talk all things silver and black with the guy, AJ. And then after that, we welcome in our friend Bridget Condon from the NFL Network. Bridget, who will be covering the game, who will be watching your Las Vegas Raiders live in Detroit on Monday night. Uh, we do a little game preview with her, catch up with her. I haven't seen her since training camp. So as we approach the halfway point of the year, and unfortunately we can't have the true halfway point because we play 17 games now, but as we approach the halfway point, just a, a good time to kind of take stock of what's working, what's not working, and hear from some of our friends around the league and get the outside perception of what's going on with the silver and black as we inch closer and closer and closer to the trade deadline next Tuesday, 1 o'clock Pacific time. But as I said, we got a lot to get to, and I'm going get to get out of the way here in just a minute. But I talked about those pesky bills, right? We got some bills to pay. So we will give you deliver our transactions brought to you by Shift4 Payments. And since the last time, well, I wouldn't say the last time we hung out because it's been a, it's been a minute. But since this week, how about that? Uh, the Raiders have made the following move. They have moves. They have activated cornerback Cornell Armstrong from the practice squad on October 21st. Then two days later, and we see this move a lot. We have seen it pretty routinely almost every week. I would say, throughout the regular season. Cornell Armstrong, the aforementioned, reverts back to the practice squad. Then on October 24th, we're recording this on uh, Thursday the 26th, uh, they signed kicker James McCourt and linebacker Darius Harris to the practice squad and then released tight end John Samuel Shanker and linebacker Michael Walker from the practice squad. Also, they released tight end Noah Togai from the practice squad slash injured reserve list. And then just one more transaction uh, as we record this. I said, excuse me, I said on a Thursday morning on October 25th Dave Ziegler and company released tackle Sebastian Gutierrez from the Pactus squad injured reserve list so well as I said about halfway home a lot going on in terms of the Raiders roster a lot going on in this building uh, and really as is the case for most teams across the NFL a lot of moving and a lot of transactions particularly on those final few roster spots but look as I said we got a busy show so we're gonna get right into it but the one piece of news I did want to touch on before we hear from our guy AJ Cole uh, we heard from coach McDaniels earlier this morning and the term that was used uh, in regards to Jimmy G and his availability and obviously those of you who watched the game last week know that Jimmy G unable to go with that back injury the team is hopeful That's what we're saying. Air quotes, hopeful that Jimmy G will be able to get back. Uh, He will be on the practice field Thursday. I think Thursday to Friday is the big one that we'll see, right? How is Jimmy feeling on Friday? Is he able to go to work? Uh, And just one quick kind of, you know, scheduling note. 
you know, typically the Raiders on a normal Sunday game practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, the team is playing on Monday night, as you all know. So everything is pushed back. So today it is a Thursday, but it really a Wednesday schedule for us. Tomorrow will be a Thursday. And yes, Saturday will be a Friday as Josh McDaniels and company get ready, put on the final preparations before they ship off to Detroit to take on Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, and the Detroit Lions. And one man that we hope is, has an incredible Monday night uh, in Detroit is friend of the program, A.J. Cole. Man, like I said, we're going to go back-to-back real quick. We're going to go A.J., then then Bridget, real quick, back-to-back. Uh, and before we get going, man, big shout-out to our guy, A.J. I took ownership of at the top. We haven't seen him in too long, and that is my fault. My fault? I'll own it. One of the best talkers on this team. One of our deepest, closest, sincerest friends of the program, A.J. Cole. It's been too long. But the wait is over. So with that said, enjoy our conversation with first, A.J. Cole, and then secondly, our pal Bridget Condon from NFL Network. I must admit, I need to fall on the sword a little bit because I was going through my copious notes that I take, as you know, and I realized you haven't been in this fantastic pod studio in some time. And there is one person to blame for that, and you're looking at him. So it's good to have you back. How are you? Well, you know, at the end of the day, I was always told if you point the finger at someone, there's three pointing back at you. So we, we can just drop that act and just understand it was just a misunderstanding. It was a misunderstanding. I do believe it was via COVID. I'm actually, have I been up here? No, uh, yeah, you've been up here. Are you sure? I'm positive. We'll have my, we'll I'm going to have the guys in the pull back. The pull the right tape. here on the video, there's going to be a video of the last time we did the podcast and it's either going to show us in the studio, but I'm pretty sure we did it in like the high chairs down in the indoor. I know for a fact we did it on the high chairs. I know for a fact we've been in Studio A, so the big studio next door. I don't think, I mean, I could have been in here, but if I was, it was a fever dream. Oh, well, we're all living a fever dream. But we're here now. Exactly. That's what's important. You look great. You look healthy. Uh, We'll talk about the important things. Oh, having another career year, blah, 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 blah. But let us begin here with the more important things. The Mighty Wolf Pack. Of North Carolina State, AJ Cole. Who do they have this week? Well, they got the Clemson Tigers, and uh, it's you know, it's a it's a game that I never won, but it's a game that I played hard multiple mm-hmm. times, and uh, you know it's tough because no matter what, Hunter's always going to have that four and zero you know record yeah. over me, and, and and that's certainly a shame. But we're looking to right the ship. We've won two out of the last three. Um, some people call that a streak. I'll let the people decide. Um, but yeah, we've won two out of the last three. We're looking to make it three of the last four. And I know you were telling me before we can do some shameless plug alerts on our way on That's our way right. out of here. You were actually creating some hashtag content surrounding this game, were you not? Sure was. Yep. Uh, Mike Glennon, once a Raider, Raiders, Raiders legend, Raiders, Raiders legend, legend, Mike Glennon. Um, he uh, he's down at NC State doing a radio show, and so he had me and Hunter Renfro get on there, and you know we were just chopping it up, talking about the days in college. We were going through because you know Hunter was a punt returner in college, a little bit in mm-hmm. the NFL as well, and um, you know I obviously am a punter, so that means I kicked the ball to him. So we went through the you know the oh, record, we went through okay. the record, we kind of broke down some of the plays, and um, yeah, it was it was good to kind of rehash some of those old memories. Biggest difference between AJ Cole, the NC State punter, and AJ Cole, the punter for the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, yeah, I mean, hang time, distance, direction, speed, accuracy, power, all of that. It's AJ Cole, the NC State player, had some a lot left to be desired. Well, sure, but That's why I had to go to rookie minicamp, yeah. coach? <laughs> <laughs> players, well. players with like awesome college tape don't typically go to rookie minicamp. <laughs> 
but it's all part of the story, right? It's hey, all part hey. of the story. It's a better, it's a better like kind of early chapters to get to where we are now. 100%. But, you know, I, I did want to talk to you, and I, I know we talked to, to our guy Carlson about some of the numbers of it all, because there's so much of what you do that, for the fans, they look in, and it's very black and white, right? Sure. It's this amount of kicks, it's this amount of punts in this, uh, in this portion of the field. You, my friend, are dealing right now, are in the zone. We can go through a variety of, of metrics, and I'm, I won't make you do it, but like, in terms of what's working for you, especially we talk about downing the ball inside the 10, crushing it this year, no pun intended. Like, what's working kind of in that portion of your game? Uh, I think the guys I've played with this year are just doing it at an unbelievable level. Um, and I think being the second year in the system has really helped just kind of the understanding of you know, where I'm trying to kick the ball, how the coverage is supposed to fit. Um, and I think last year, not that we got off to a, a slow start, but I think we left a little bit out there and we, we weren't quite getting all the juice out of the orange. And I think, you know, just everybody else that I've been around has been so good and so productive, making tackles, making plays, getting down there, forcing fair catches, stopping the ball inside the 10, doing all that stuff. Um, and I always tell them that the plays they make are not just – um, you know, really a play, but it's also giving me confidence in them and confidence in myself. So it actually helps me kick the ball because I'm not going out there thinking I got to do it all. I'm just trying to put a ball out there that they can cover and I'm trying to, you know, not do anything more than just be myself. Um, and so they, they kind of let me have the opportunity to do that. And so I can't say enough about the guys that I've been able to play with. Do you stay like aware, I guess, of, of kind of what the numbers look like, of what kind of the analytical side of this looks like through the season? Or are you just focused on, hey, see ball, kick ball, like you said to your point, put your guys in a position to succeed? Like, are you even aware of any kind of like the overarching picture of what 2023s look like for you? You know, I, I'd prefer not to. Mm-hmm. And I'd prefer to just focus on the, you know, nuts and bolts of the operation and what it what it's like in the team. But the reality is that you're judged on a measuring stick compared to other players. And the only reason a punting average or a net pun is good or bad is it's compared to the other guys in the league. So, you know, I kind of have to look at the numbers and see where I stack up and I watch everybody else's film and see what they're doing well, um, see if there's anything I can steal or replicate or borrow. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think you have to be aware of the numbers. It's not like field goal kicking necessarily where it's like 100% is like the end of the yardstick and it's like how close can you get to 100? But theoretically, there's no limit on like your punt average or net punt. It's just like, you know, the sky's the limit, I guess, in terms of, um, there's no ceiling. And so you're really just compared to the other guys. So if 30 yards per punt was like the best in the league, then if you're punting the ball 31 yards, that's unbelievable. So you really just got to, you kind of have to, unfortunately. I don't like doing it, but you do have to. Yeah, but I guess like to your point, there's a measure of just being like aware of it for your own, I don't want to say like ranking, but like for your own evaluation of not only your like not really yourself but yourself compared to your peers I guess if that makes sense. I'm doing kind of a bad job of describing it but like it does sound like there isn't like an inherent value in understanding kind of what it looks like metrically too yeah definitely so a unique week for my specialists and as we talked about you know me I'm a friend of all specialists and a friend of all backup quarterbacks Always have been. Uh, a unique situation for you guys this week right you and I aren't here to say whether Daniel's gonna play his health status all that for people way more important than than you and I. But you have had to kind of work in a new guy this week, right, mm-hmm. with James McCourt. Uh, you look at now changing a third of that operation. Like, what has that kind of been like for you get for you and, uh, and Jacob this week? Uh, yeah, you know, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting experience. We haven't had another kicker in here for quite some time. Yeah. Um, James came in and he crushed the workout. He had a great practice yesterday. 
Um, and so, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a one kicker holder. I've only really done it with one guy. So in some ways, I kind of feel like uh, like a middle-aged man back in the dating pool. Like I'm trying out some, like, you know, I'm, I'm used to the same moves, same everything. And like, it's like, you know, you got to try and relearn the wheel a little bit. So yeah, just trying to figure out how he wants the ball, what I can do, you know, what are the things that he wants me to emphasize, focus. Um, but it's been good communication and practice. It's been good um, getting to know him. I really like his mentality, his demeanor. Um, he's pretty calm. He's confident. And he's... You know, we, we got a lot of confidence if, if he's the guy we roll with on Monday night. You know, you talk about some of the, the flexibility there and some of the uniqueness of, of like you said, you've been pretty much a, a, a one-kicker guy. But do you think that you're more prepared at this point in your career to kind of have some of these, I don't want to say last-minute changes, but, hey, it might look a little different this week as opposed to, like, you're a young guy trying to figure it out here in the NFL? Yeah, definitely, um, especially just because I've kind of established who I am and what I do and what my game day routine is and all that stuff. Um, and a lot of that I really established through the framework of being around Daniel because Daniel was kind of, I mean, he's not much older than me, but he was the guy that had a little bit of experience and he was successful before I got here. So when I got here, I was basically just like, whatever Daniel does, that's what I'm going to do. Like whatever his routine is, that's going to be my routine. Um, and so I kind of established that like through him and, uh, you know, made some, we do some things different. We do th- some things the same, but that was kind of the lens through which I I learned how to be an NFL player. So now, you know, whether he plays or he doesn't play, if he's not out there, you know, I kind of have my established routine and established stuff, and I can kind of be a guy to help him versus if it would have been younger in my career, I'm really just trying to help myself at that point. I, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is. Yeah, it makes sense. Right? You're, you're more comfortable in kind of what your game day obligations, what it looks like for you to get to A to Z, and, hey, now I can help the other guys around me kind of elevate them and make sure our battery, which has been, once again, really, really solid in 2023, regardless of who's in there, stays really solid in 2023. But we talk about on Monday night, back in the prime time, lights are flashing, the whole deal. For you, though, on a very specialist kind of uh, a view, punting indoors again must be nice, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, all stadiums should have roofs. I really do believe that. <laughs> I, I feel that pretty strongly. Uh, you know, it's just football. No, you don't. Football's an indoor sport. No, you don't. Football is an indoor sport. It should be played indoors. It's like basketball <laughs> or hockey. Um, but, yeah, I you know, I think that uh, I've never been to Ford Field. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've heard it's a great venue great environment great place to punt a football so looking forward to it fun fact ford field one of the two stadiums in the nfl i have not been to really only two left yeah what's the other one Uh, Uh, washington maybe no no it's um gosh where is it it's uh carolina those are the only really? two I haven't. Oh, because we went there in COVID. The COVID yeah? Year. yeah. Those are the only two. I've checked every other thing up. Carolina's there. a great stadium. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. So there's a couple that I kind of like. I don't want to say like I cheat a little bit, but like I've been to games at the Superdome or uh, what's the one in Atlanta close to you? That's Superdome. Mercedes Benz. Yes, I've been there for a couple non-football or excuse me, non-NFL games, but I've been there, so I che- I count that as a check. Yeah, it's kind of like a half check. Yeah, it's like a half check. But was I physically there? Did I see a yeah. sport being played? I sure well, I, I get stuck on that because, like, I've played in Arizona in preseason, but I've never played there in a regular season game. So if someone's like, have you played in Arizona? I'm like, kind of? I think it counts. Uh, I think it counts. Maybe. How many do you have left on the uh, on the checklist? Uh, I've got be. Washington. I've got Baltimore. We've been checking off some good ones this year, like checking off Detroit, Chicago. You've already done Miami, um, right? Yeah, well, preseason. That's, so oh. it's kind of like a maybe. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Baltimore, Washington, and – Maybe like one more. Some of those weird NFC teams. Yeah, you, you see it every eight years. Out. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But pretty much all of them. I think I've hit like twenty nine or thirty. 
Yeah, you're getting that's a good number. Getting up there. That's a good and then number. plus you got to include Oakland and the soccer stadium the Chargers used to play in. I think it might be a thir- in the 30s now. Uh, let's not stadium. Let's play. not forget the our trip internationally as well. No doubt. So that gives you yeah Tottenham. Were you here for the Mexico year as no, well? No, I wasn't. Okay, so we just get Tottenham then. I think I've practiced on almost 10 fields. Wow. I was counting that up the other day because we were down in West Virginia right at the Green Yeah. Bar, so I was thinking about it like. It's like, you know, London Field, we've got Napa, we've got Oakland, we've got Vegas. I've practiced in Allegiant Stadium. I've practiced in London. I've practiced in Sarasota. We're going down to IMG this yep. year. Shout out Sarasota. I mean, you know, we got a, I'm checking off a lot of fields. If yeah. I can practice with the Raiders on 10-plus fields, that's a tenure right there. That is a tenure. That is a legacy Yeah, is what that is. Uh, before we let you go, though, just in kind of like a general sense, Mr. Cole, obviously Sunday doesn't go the way that, that you guys wanted to, but how do you? how does the team collectively kind of bounce back from that? Right? I mean, we hear all the time, it doesn't matter if you lose by one, if you win by one, if you win by 50, lose by 50. The result is the result. So how do you, does the group kind of turn the page and say, hey, we have an awesome opportunity Monday night in primetime to kind of right the ship and get back to, to back to who we want to be? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, going out and playing a game like that, it hurts. Um, you put so much in the off season, the summer, the preparation throughout the week, you're feeling really good, and you go out there and the result's just not what you want. And that's just the reality of the NFL, is one team's going to win, one team's going to lose. Two teams are going to walk in there confident, and one team's going to walk out with their tail between their legs, and that's just the game. Um, and so for that reason, I think that in some ways wins and losses can be a little bit of imposters. Winning can make you feel probably a little bit better than you should, and losing can probably make you feel a little bit worse than you should. So I think the the key is whenever you're analyzing a game, it's figure out what went right, what went wrong, what do we need to improve, what do we need to work on. But it's not letting the emotions of the game overtake you, right? And it's not letting that that loss against Chicago on Sunday, it's not letting that trickle into, you know, you got to crack the film on Monday, but it's not letting that trickle into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and let that like sadness just kind of hang over you. It's just like, okay, how can I take the information without emotion and how can I move forward? Um, And so I think everybody's done a great job of doing that. Um, I think we've had a really good week of practice. Um, And, you know, that's just the reality of the NFL. You're going to go out there, lay it all out. And that's why we love this sport. It's immediate feedback. Uh, It's not something where you go out there and, you know, you, you play years at a time and don't really know how you're doing. You're pretty aware of how you're doing. The, the results are going to be very apparent to everybody with Internet service. And so, you know, that's what we love about this game, but it's also what we hate about this game. Um, so, yeah, I think just taking the information for what we can take it, improve what we can improve, build back that confidence back up, go out there Monday night and just play loose and let it rip. Yeah, and that's what we're hoping to see, too. We're hoping to see some excitement on all three phases of the game come Monday night, and everything's better on primetime. You know that. It was so good to see you. I apologize again from the deepest recesses of my heart, AJ Cole. We will not make you wait this long. How about I'll make you a deal. Actually, no, I don't, want, I don't want to curse it. I don't want to curse it. But I promise you this. We will have you back in the studio again in the calendar year 2023. How about that? Yeah, I mean, that's quite a promise. We'll see if you can live up to it. I will. Eddie, it's a joy every time I get to sit in this I'm, seat. I'm looking at the camera right now. This man, as we record this on October 27th, will be sitting in that chair again before January 1, 2024. That is a promise. Fenny and Isaiah cut that to make sure that we can keep ourselves honest. But AJ, it was so good to see you. Best of luck on Monday, and we'll see you sooner. All right, brother? Great to see you too, brother. Same, Bridget. It's good to see you virtually. We saw you out here for training camp for a little bit, but training camp feels like a lifetime ago. How are you? How is life? I know you're getting ready to to ship off to Detroit here in a little bit. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's so funny being at training camps. Everything is so positive. Every team's winning the Super Bowl. Everybody is healthy. And then now we're eight weeks in and 
all that has kind of gone out the window. Yeah, the war of attrition as it goes every <laughs> single year in the NFL. But, you know, we're, we were excited to have you on for a bunch of reasons. But the main one is this, right? We've heard from Coach McDaniels all week and we've heard from the players that we don't see a lot of Raiders-Lions matchups, right? He said, you know, we had to really kind of educate our guys on who the Lions were, what they bring to the table. And it really is the same for the fan base, right? These two teams don't get together very often. It's been a hot minute since they've played a football game. When you look at the Detroit Lions, kind of help make me a little bit smarter. What do they do really well in 2023? Well, I think they have that grit, right? And it starts from Dan Campbell and it, I've seen this team evolve the past two, three seasons really start to believe in themselves and believe of the talent on the team, right? You have all these teams that have talent, but if the pieces aren't clicking, it doesn't matter, right? We just kind of talked off camera. I cover the chargers, a team that has a lot of talent on that roster doesn't seem to all mesh together at the right moment right now. Same kind of for the Raiders as well. And I think the lions do such a good job of making those pieces stand out. Jared Goff, having that confidence in himself, just being so much more successful this season, it feels like, and I mean, they've gotten a lot of help in the draft. Of course, that's a big part of it. Aiden Hutchinson is playing great football in getting to quarterbacks. So I think just having that kind of identity of, hey, we got knocked down, but we are good. We are talented. We're, we believe in ourselves and we're going to go back out there and and bounce back. You, know, you bring up Jared Goff, obviously the guy under center for the Detroit Lions, but it feels like at least from like a casual NFL fan, right? It feels like the Jared Goff that we're seeing now is a lot different than the Jared Goff that we saw in Los Angeles a few seasons ago. Like what is kind of fit for him? What is working for him in Detroit? Yeah, I think a lot of different things. We, it, w one of the guys that I've talked to this week, which is kind of interesting is Josh Reynolds. And you remember those two guys have played together more than any receiver on that Lions team because they were together in LA and then obviously they, he's been back um, in Detroit with Jared and just that connection, that familiarity, Amon Ross St. Brown too, like playing really well. So I think it's just the confidence that I see Jared Goff playing with and kind of believing in himself and being in the right system that uses his talents and, and the things he's good at you know, to his advantage. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we look at the, you know, all, all this week we've tried to kind of do our best deep dive on the Lions, right? Learn the Lions. What do they do well? What are their, their kind of areas of improvement? All that. But you look at the Lions offense, right? An explosive offense. All the stats are, are top 10 in pretty much everything. But we've talked to a bunch of people and it says like, yeah, they're obviously really explosive on offense. They do a lot of exciting things. But they're more than just an explosive offense. Kind of from, from your perspective, you talked about that grit that this team plays with. What else kind of makes the Lions tick? And obviously they had a, a, a tough week of, or a tough week uh, last weekend, but what really makes them so efficient outside of that really explosive uh, offense side of the football? Well, on offense specifically, or you mean on defense just, just, too? Just kind of, yeah, overall, just in general, I guess the defense, you know, too, also uh, certainly a, a formidable side of the football for Dan Campbell's football team. Yeah, I think, um, you know, their run game is is great, too. And it starts, I think, where they're their best is in the trenches, right? Like having such a good offensive line, defensive line that are allowing them to be so successful. I think that they've done a really good job the past couple seasons in building that depth. Even when a guy like David Montgomery goes down to still find other pieces and, and have success deeper into their bench. I think that's what makes them so good. And it's like when one man goes down, you feel like that level doesn't drop off. And I think that 
touches on the um, like the grit and and everything that we keep saying about this Lions team. You know, one battle that I, that I know fans are excited to see, and the two guys that aren't necessarily going to be playing against each other, but you look at these defensive edge rushers, right? You got Max Crosby on the Raiders side. You got Aiden Hutchinson, a young dude who's really playing a, a solid brand of football right now. I mean, when you look at, at Aiden Hutchinson, I know you talked about him a little bit earlier. You know, how has he been able to become such an efficient game-wrecking type of dude this early in his career? I just love his story. I remember doing a Lions game preseason last year, I believe it was his first time playing at Ford Field and just hearing the story of he grew up like a couple miles away from it and just like he lives and breathes the Lions. And I think he's had some good coaching. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see Max Crosby and him like one and two in the NFL and snaps played since he joined the league. Um, I think he's just been in a good position. I think he fits in really well to their defense. And I think, you know, we saw it in college. He's a very talented player and he hasn't, it seems like he hasn't really missed a beat transitioning to the NFL, which can be an issue for these guys when you get to a faster level and, and going up against bigger guys. We see sometimes these edge rushers struggle, but for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like he has it all. You know, you're just speaking of Max Crosby, and I think what's been really exciting for for fans of the the silver and black is certainly the, the record is not where we want to be right now. A lot of runway left in the season, but one guy who's playing at a, at a pro bowl, all pro level is, is number 98. And, and I think it's been really exciting for us to where you, you talk about Max a year ago, two years ago, that, you know, the main thing was the the motor right a guy who just keeps going and going and going which he still does right I mean this dude is like at 110% energy at all times but it feels like he's kind of evolved and matured in his game right now more of a tactician a guy who can beat you in, in a handful of ways when you kind of you know as a member of the national media how do you think the conversation around Max has changed in the past couple seasons I think you've just seen him mature more right and I think even talking to him when we were out there for training camp just having a conversation off the field, you can see it, you can sense it. You can see the way that he treats his body both on and off the field, the things he's doing to rehab, to, to practice every day. He's just at a different level. I think when some of these guys come into the league, they're so young and it takes some time to really put it all in perspective and get into a great groove. But he is playing, I, to my, in my opinion, some of his best football, he's obviously had um, at least a half a sack in five straight games, which I believe is the longest streak of his career. So to see him really, step into that you don't want to call him old right but like into that more veteran yeah, for sure your um role and just kind of like obviously he's crazy on the field but it feels like there's a sense of calmness too like he's more secure in himself he's more um like he just feels more stable in what he's doing and more mature and i think that's huge especially for this raiders team yeah i think the word that always comes to mind when we talk about max is, is grounded right he feels a little more kind yeah. of sure of himself secure in, in who he is what he brings to the table and and you're right man he's playing an incredible brand of football right now uh we're hopeful as we sit here on a friday that we are going to see jimmy g in detroit in a few days time uh, and i think what's you know been really frustrating kind of in the early goings is you go back to that patriots game and look the raiders offense has not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination but it felt like they were kind of getting on track there towards the end of that game. Obviously, Jimmy misses last week in Chicago dealing with injury. I mean, just in a very general sense, and it, it might seem like such a silly question, but how important is it to be consistent at the quarterback position, to have the same guy in there week after week after week? You know, we're not even halfway home, Bridget, and we, the Raiders have three different guys start under center. 
Oh, it's incredibly important. I think if you're talking about a quarterback who maybe was uh, the quarterback of this team for the past decade, Mm -hmm. maybe we could be talking about a different situation, but especially when Jimmy Garoppolo is new to this team, having that consistency with the receivers, even just to the timing or to where these receivers like the ball or where, you know, like that's what made Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams so good because they knew each other so well. They played together so well. It takes time to build that consistency on both sides of it, on the receiver side and on the quarterback side. So the biggest thing, the most important thing, of course, is having that stability. And and if Jimmy can be out there, it completely changes the game for this Raiders team. Their three wins only coming while he's been the starter. So I I think people are underestimating how big of an impact that has had early in this uh, season for the Raiders as well. Yeah. And like I said, this entire fan base is going to be keeping their eyes peeled on that injury report the next couple of days and and hopeful that Jimmy is out there Monday night doing his thing. But before we let you go, just speaking about Monday night, right? It's the best game of the week. Prime time. Lights are going to be shining. Everyone in the NFL world is going to be watching that game in Detroit. You're going to be in the house. What do you expect that environment? to be like. I think it's going to be crazy. I just was reading the research notes and it's the first Monday night game, I believe since 2018 at home in Detroit. And, you know, yes, Detroit had that bad loss to the Ravens last week, but before that, when you went on NFL.com and looked at the standings, they were at the top, right? So there's just so much hype. Of course, there were other teams that were five and one, but because of the alphabetical order, Detroit was at the top. And for that fan base to feel that is amazing. Like these fans live and breathe Detroit. They've been through the ride, the roller coaster, as Raiders fans have as well. Um, I think it's going to be such a good game for both teams, too. This is a pivotal game for the Raiders. I think a lot of people are you know, maybe not giving them the credit that they do deserve. But I think this is a chance for the Raiders to make things happen. And if they are able to get a win in Detroit on Monday Night Football, we're going to be having a completely different conversation next week because it's crazy. I I keep saying like I cover the chargers, but to think that the Raiders are second in the AFC West, right. You, it kind of is funny to, to me, it seems like they're not, but they are, they have the second best record. So there's so much football left to be played. And with a win Monday night, Things could be completely different next week. You know what? I appreciate a little a little levity there, right? I appreciate it. The sky isn't falling, right? It, you know, obviously yeah. last week in Chicago doesn't go the way that this team wants, but it's just one game. And it's the beauty of kind of what we do, right? We get to overreact to the wins, overreact to the losses. Yeah. And so everybody has a bad yeah. loss, right? Yeah, it's about if you have two in a row. Exactly, and and yeah, this is what we've been saying all week. As crazy as it sounds, with the highs and the lows, the Raiders find a win a game against a really good Detroit team on Monday night. We're halfway home, sitting at five hundred, and I guarantee you that ninety nine point nine percent of this fan base would have taken that uh, when we talked to them in July last time we saw you out here at training camp. But Bridget, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, where can the people find you on Monday night when, as you're covering the game for the NFL Network? Yeah, I'll be on NFL Network um, doing pregame hits ahead of the game and then social media as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. That It's going to be crazy, I think. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're looking forward to it. And like I said, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully come Tuesday, we're enjoying a victory Tuesday for once instead of, uh, instead of the opposite. Well, Bridget, it was so great to see you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Safe travels to Detroit, and we'll talk with you soon, okay? All right, thanks so much. And a big thank you to both our guests, AJ Cole and Bridget Condon, who you just heard from NFL Network. Like I said, man, so good to not only catch up with one of our pals, but two of our pals as we get ready for primetime Monday Night Football in just a few days' time in Detroit. But we're going to do our usual things, our business to take care of on our way out. And we begin, as we must, with your Raiders College Football Game of the Week. And interesting to me this week, 
right? We do this every week. Who are the Raiders playing? Who's all my monitors are stacking up? And we've had some really good games, really, really good, top five matchup type games. But this week, the serendipity was just, oh, it was there. The synergy was outstanding because as the Raiders go to Michigan, uh, the college football game, the Raiders college football game of the week is also Michigan-based. We got Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. We got Max Crosby's alma mater against Robert Spillane. That's a 10 o'clock kickoff on ESPN+. And I wonder, well, actually, I know for a fact, they, they're, uh, Spillane and Max won't be able to get to that game because it is that early kickoff. Raiders are traveling. Uh, are they traveling on Saturday? No, I think they're traveling Sunday. Regardless. Robert and Max will be unable to make that game. But I have to imagine, man, two guys, two fiery personalities, two outspoken dudes, two leaders on this defense that come from, and we can call them smaller schools with a lot of school pride. Ooh, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun, and that is one that maybe I, I don't know if we'll be able to watch it live because, like I said, Saturday is really a Friday schedule for us. Probably be here in this building doing some stuff. That's a, that's a DVR for sure. A DVR for sure to see uh, see our Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan throw down. Well, there it is, your Raiders College Football Game of the Week. And we finally move on to our segment we do every week, the Raiders will win if. Now, this was one I had a lot of time to think about, right? You're sitting at home on the couch, a lot of contemplation, a lot of things to ponder. And I'm thinking about this, uh, you know, this Detroit Lions game for a minute now. Obviously, I was out last week, but then with the extra day on Monday night, a lot of time to think. And I keep coming back to this one kind of idea for the Raiders on Monday night. This is what I keep coming back to. Intensity is the word that I, I just keep, you know, I, I go away and then I end up coming back and I end up circling it again and again and again. Fair to say the Raiders were unable to match the intensity of the Chicago Bears on Sunday in Chicago, right? Big reason why they lost. When you're on the road, you got to bring the juice. You have to match the intensity of the opponent. And you look at the Detroit Lions, who really, very similar to the Silver and Black, kind of embarrassed in their last go-round on the gridiron, right? A game that did not go the way that they anticipated. You look up the scoreboard, that's a crooked number, right? And so the Lions are going to be playing at home on primetime. Those fans are going to be rocking. Dan Campbell is going to have, you know, an intensity guy, a player's coach kind of guy, loud, boisterous, pound your chest kind of dude. And I mean that in the best possible way. The Lions are going to be ready to rock. They are going to be ready to do their thing. Well, can the Raiders match that intensity? Are they able to kind of take that punch from the Lions, deliver their own counterpunch? Are they going to be able to go toe-to-toe, feed off of that frenetic energy in that building? If they are... That's a, that's a start, right? I think that is step one to the Raiders securing a win on Monday night. And the second part to me is, can they win the red zone? And I, I say that specifically on the offensive side of the football. We look at the Lions offense, and just going by the numbers, this is a good, this is a good, good offense. We're talking number four in total offense. Really good on the, on the ground, number 11 overall in the NFL. Really good in the air, number four overall. I mean, there is no two ways about this. They are a good offense. They score a lot of points. They are going to put touchdowns on the board. Can the Raiders do that as well? Can they score touchdowns instead of field goals? Specifically with, I think it's fair to say as we record this on a Thursday, 
some TBD question marks surrounding the Raiders all-pro kicker Daniel Carlson. Obviously, the silver and black signed the aforementioned James McCourt earlier this week. We heard on the broadcast on Sunday that the cash money man tweaked a groin pregame. He misses that, I believe it was a 41-yarder, uncharacteristic miss from Daniel at that length. So even if Daniel is able to go, you have to assume he's probably not at 100%, right? And 85-90% of Carlson is candidly a lot better than most kickers in the NFL. But if he's not able to go, and you have James McCord out there, and again, time will tell who is the kicker on Sunday. My point is this. When the Raiders get in the red zone, when they get close to the end zone, they are going to have to score touchdowns. When you're playing against a Lions team that is as prolific on the offensive side of the football as they are, Jared Goff, two weeks ago, we're talking about him in the MVP conversation, right? I think a month from now, we'll still probably be talking about him in that conversation. The guy's playing out of his mind. You have to figure out a way to score touchdowns. No ifs, ands, or buts. And you guys know me. I'm a diehard advocate of special teams, right? We had our guy AJ on earlier. I love teams. I love, uh, I love uh, the battle for field position. I love the, the, uh, everything that goes into a field goal attempt. I love it. You guys know I do. But on Monday night, we have to score touchdowns. We absolutely have to score touchdowns. Jimmy G, if he's healthy and out there, excuse me, healthy and out there, is going to have to lead this team up and down the football field, not once, not twice, multiple times. We are going to have to see the best version of Jimmy G on Monday night if the Raiders want to win. We're going to have to see the best version of Josh Jacobs in this offensive line. We're going to have to see the best version of Devontae Adams out there doing his thing, being a matchup nightmare for whatever DB they throw on him. That's what we got to see. Consistent offense from the Raiders. And we've seen it for a series. We've seen it for a quarter in 2023. We haven't seen it for a full 60 minutes. Well, if the Raiders want to want to come back and fly back to Vegas late in the evening on Monday with a W, it has got to be the night on Monday. It has to be a full 60 minutes of offense. Will they be able to do it? Time will tell, but I remain optimistic. And look, I said it earlier, right? Through all the ups and the downs and the good moments and the not-so-good moments we've seen from this Raiders team in 2023, if they're able to get a really big dog win on Monday night, they're going to be sitting at 500, halfway home sitting at 500. And if I would have told any of you guys in July, that that's where the Raiders were going to be, you would have signed up every single time. And you know what? I will too. Uh, it is about time to get out of here, though. But before we do, as is tradition, we got to uh, crack an ice cold bruchacho. And this one's an easy one, man. Real easy for me this week. Uh, cracking an ice cold brewski and ice cold Coors Light for the boss. As I said at the top, man, just dominating. Dominating the house this week with me on the uh, on the injured list, doing so much, uh, you know, outside of all the incredible things she already does, you know, making sure that that the baby is healthy and taken care of. And I will tell you, it is a it is a not great, very humbling feeling to be unable to help out because you want to keep the little fella safe. Sucked, man. Sucked. And she uh, and she stepped up. She crushed it. She was just an absolute machine last week while we were dealing with all the, uh, all the illnesses floating around. So big shout-out to the boss, man. She deserves, a, in her case, a nice glass of red wine. But who doesn't enjoy a nice cold brewski? So uh, she deserves it a 1,000%. And uh, I'll make sure this weekend that, that she gets that, gets that beer for sure. So on that note, like I said, man, we had a lot to get to this week. Double interviews, feeling good, rocking and rolling. I could not be more excited to be back in the building. Uh, also, one programming note, fifth quarter, 
I will be back. Yes, yes, yes. I am back. It'll be me and our guy DJ Duffel, Bryce Butler, on the ones and twos, handling all the postgame duties. Again, a huge shout-out to Jason Fitz uh, for stepping in in a pinch for me last week. We could not be more appreciative of him, and we could not be more appreciative of all you guys kind of bearing with us. So on that note, we are out of here. For Eddie Pascal, our guests, plural this week, AJ Cole and Bridget Condon from the NFL Network and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.